0: It's more than a philosophy, more than a psychology, more than just an ecology, bigger than biology, larger than anthropology, brushes against astrology. That's prophecology. Well, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let let me say 27 years ago. 27 years ago. 1993. We had the first black mayor in New York named David Dinkins. You that are from around the country may have heard of him. you from New York, knew David Dinkins. He was elected in 89, and he was running for re-election in 93. It was against Rudy Giuliani, who is now the present president's personal lawyer. And it was a very contentious race. They told Dave Dinkins that you need to, as you're campaigning in Brooklyn, go by one of the major churches, Pilgrim Cathedral. And David Dinkins, Reverend Jesse Jackson, and I went by Pilgrim. I knew Bishop, who later became Archbishop Roy Brown, since I was a boy preacher at Washington Temple. Bishop Washington was one of his mentors. And I told them, I said, yes, we definitely need to go by Roy Brown, one of the major churches. And we went there, and Roy Brown, as we expected him, to say kind words about Dave Dinkins and tell people to vote. He did all of that, introduced Reverend Jesse Jackson, acknowledged me, and I was very controversial at that time. And then he said, before y'all leave, I want this young man to prophesy for you. And he introduced Bishop E. Bernard Jordan. Now, I remember some case with his brother, but I never saw, it was a police case, but I never saw him in action. And he got up 27 years ago, Mother Jeffries, give her a hand, she's come, Dr. Rosalind Jeffries, one of the pillars of our community. That's walking history right there, Rosalyn and Jeffries. And... He began prophesying and he then turned and looked at me, Bishop Jordan, and prophesied. He said that you are despised and you are controversial, but you will see another day. And he prophesied everything that later came. And to the day Roy Brown Archbishop Brown passed. Last time I saw him alive was at your birthday, out, and, uh, and he had both legs out. And he said to me, Jordan told you, no one could have ever seen what God had in store for me, including me, unless God talked to him. So when people ask me, why they see me on live stream or whatever talking about Bishop e. Bernard Jordan, they think it's well because some members of Nash Action Network go to Zoe and they do, or because we've done things together and we do. It's because I know personally what his prophecy did for me, because there's something about when a prophet pours into you, something in you connects. And if you don't have that connection, it's because you are not spiritually alive yourself. You could have the most expensive laptop in the store, but if you don't get connected to the internet, you can't get the information. People walk around with big laptops, but don't know how to connect. You know, my, my daughters are into technology. They had to show me how to connect stuff. I'd be messing up everything. And they said, Dad, you can watch it on Netflix. Well, how do I get Netflix? How do I get this? Well, the connection is through the prophet because God connects through people to you. So there will be people that will say to you, well, I don't know why y'all are dealing with this prophetology and I don't know all of this because they're not connected. So how can disconnected people appraise your connection? Prophecy is not for everybody to understand because otherwise everybody would be a prophet. Everybody that God used in the Bible, God also assigned a prophet to them to the age they were in, or they were prophets themselves. David was a great man, beat Goliath. The whole Israeli army was scared of Goliath. How could this young boy take a slingshot and stones and beat the Philistine that everyone else feared? But as great as he was, he needed a Nathan to be his prophet. You can't be king without a Nathan, because in every king there is a weakness, and the prophet is who ministers to that weakness and that blindness and that insecurity. Right now, everybody here at this conference has things in them that they brought from their childhood, scars, wounds. You behave certain ways even that you may not understand that you may not have come to terms with. And that's why you need a prophet that can go to the scars that you have disguised the pain from. That's why sometimes when he's ministering, you'll break down in tears and don't even know why you're crying because he hits stuff that you disguise that you had almost convinced yourself you forgot. But he hits home. That's a prophet. preaching. get up and just give you a scripture. You know, moan and groan, Whoa, and we all entertain, but we go back with the same scars. A prophet, as he was to me at Pilgrim that night, takes your scars and turns them into stars. Yeah. And I did not understand. I said, well, I don't understand why he would choose me. First of all, I felt a little embarrassed in the car because he didn't say that much about Jesse and 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 Dinkins. I'm talking about the prophet that Bishop uh, Brown did, and I didn't know how they felt about that. And uh, But later, years later, he prayed for Reverend Jackson and said, I want you, and he and I went to Chicago. And uh, he said, I want you all to put your hands up, and he prayed and did a passing. Nobody knew at that time Reverend Jackson would get ill like he is now. He's got Parkinson's, and we've been praying for him. But the prophet saw that what I'm saying to you is that I'm not here because I didn't have nowhere else to go. I'm here because he saw where I was going when I could not see myself, how you go there. And that's the difference between prophecy and regular preachers and fortune tellers. There's fortune tellers that ain't prophets fortune teller could tell you, well, I, you, you, you they used to have them on radio. Uh, they would tell you preaching fortune tellers. Say, send me $100, I'll tell you your wife's name. You already know your wife's name. <laughs> Prophets deal with the core of who and what you are in the times in which you are. So now, this, this conference is at a time that the whole world is in turmoil. And the question is, can you see through darkness and cloudiness and misty? Everybody you know is all messed up. I went to bed last night. They woke me up about 10 o'clock. I tried to go to bed early because I work out early in the morning. And they woke me up and said, the president just killed a man over in Iraq from Iran, the general. And... The whole world is on the verge of something. And if you are not grounded, then you will react to everything rather than know how to keep acting through it all. That is why the timeliness of this conference is important. Because you're about to see such instability and such raucous behavior, that if you're not connected and grounded in a prophetic word, you will not know what to do. You don't judge the the strength of a tree by how tall it is. I remember when they had the uh, forest fires out in the state of Washington many years ago, and we went out to see how to help those people with those fires. And Reverend uh, Dr. Joe Lowry was with us. He asked the guide. He said, well, let me ask you something. He said, I see all these miles of trees that's been knocked down by the winds and just seem to be just totally a wreck for miles. He said, but I see these trees over here that seem totally unperturbed. And he said, oh, those are redwood trees. He said, well, what is the difference between those trees and the redwood trees. He said, you don't judge a tree by how tall it stands. You judge a tree by how deep its roots run. Redwood trees are here in Washington, but their roots run all the way down to Iowa. And the reason why a lot of us are lost in the middle of all of this is we are not rooted into nothing. So any wind will blow you away Because you look good on the outside, got nice box, got nice leaves, all of that. One, it didn't even a hurricane, just one good thunderstorm. And you bare and naked. You ever see a beautiful leaf on a tree? How many of you ever seen a beautiful leaf? You seen one this fall? Go see if you see the same beautiful leaf next fall. That leaf is gone. But the root of the tree is still there. And you need prophetology because you need your roots to run deep. And your roots are grounded by those that know how to dig in deeper and deeper and deeper. Not those that can give you something easy that'll make you flash for a minute, but it won't last because it's not grounded in anything. So that's why it didn't matter whether we went one way or another. Whatever happens, if you're grounded in something, this is the grounding area that you need to have. We're in times where those that are not grounded are going to get blown away. And those that are not grounded will wither away. Because we are in some very crazy time. We don't know what' going to happen with Iran now. We're not going to have the election. One minute they're going to impeach. One next minute they're not going to impeach. One minute they're going to do this. woman. You got to be stable and grounded and rooted. That's how our forefathers made it, because they could see what was not apparent. And what we have given up is the spiritual eye. That's why I love that Bishop said, let us refocus our spiritual eye. We did, do you ever think about it was against the law? I'm not talking about it was a custom. It was against the law for us to marry. It was against the law for us to raise our children as ours. You couldn't name your child after you. It had to be named after your boss. You were sold to one state, your wife another state, your daughter another state, and you never, ever reunited. You could not by law read and write. If they found a white teaching a black how to read and write, they'd lock him up if that might hang. How did we survive all of that? I mean, no, in all the history of the world, there was no slavery like that. Israelites always knew they were Israelites. They always knew their mom and dad. We were the only ones that were totally broken down. The only thing they couldn't take from us was our spiritual life. Because that connection that I started with, if they couldn't break that connection, we could survive the oppression. And the miracle is that we survived it and are still here. Because that connection was there. The connection was so deep that one slave master that was doing slave trade, he could not understand how these slaves down at the pit of the ship shackled together, legs shackled, arms shackled. If they had to go to the bathroom, they had to go on themselves. One died, he just killed over, still shackled to the one next to him. Yet they kept humming this music. In the middle of that, guy on your left dead guy on your right done urinated all over himself and you keep humming all the way through the tumultuous Atlantic. Yes, yes, yes. How can you hum that? Because I'm connected oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and your connection is not broken by the things around you. And finally, as they got halfway across the Atlantic, still humming, they ran into a storm and the man said, we got to balance the ship. We don't know what's going to happen. And, uh, Trader John Newton said, cut them shackles off the slaves and let them help us. And they helped save the ship through the storm. And they thought they would kill him because of how they all perished out there, some of their friends. And they spared him. And he wrote lyrics to the humming that they was humming all the way across the Atlantic called Amazing Grace. That's what it. See, Newton wrote the words. But the slaves wrote the melody. The melody came from that humming that they came across the Atlantic. That's why Newton didn't say we need grace. He said we need amazing grace. There's a special kind of grace, amazing grace. When you got no money, but you know that God will make a way, amazing grace. When you come from a dysfunctional family, but you learn how to function anyhow, amazing grace. When they deny you everything, but God exalts you anyhow, amazing grace. Regular grace won't help me. I need amazing grace. If I came from a different background and a different family history, I could go to one of those nice sadiddy churches and sing some of them nice, calm hymns, but I come out the gutter. My daddy left when I was a little boy. My daddy never came back, never came to one of my graduates. I needed amazing grace. So when I could walk in Obama's White House, or walk and speak at Oxford University, I can hum the slave's melody. It was grace that brought me safe this far. And grace, I don't care who in the White House, grace will lead me on. That's what you come to sharpen up in here today. Don't look just to articulate pain. Look how to articulate and call forth healing. Don't just study theology that is not connected to a spirituality. You can teach a parrot how to preach. Get you a good parrot, and who? Oh, oh Lord. And the parrot will go, "Oh, Oh, Lord. But a parrot don't know how to take misery and turn it into joy. A parrot don't know how to take brokenness and connect the broken pieces and make it work anyhow. That's why you need to get your spiritual eyes. You go to the eye doctor to get your glasses. They first got to look in the pupil and see what it is that is in your vision. And they then adjust the lens to your vision. So somebody said to me, Red Mount, let me hold your glasses. Well, what I can see through, you can't see through. Because I may have 2030 vision, you may have 2050. So what are you here for? You need the prophet to adjust the lenses to fit you. And you may want to get that adjustment. For nothing, anything you get free ain't nothing. If Jesus paid the price, who gave you the reduced free bill? Well, I ain't going down there. They're going to ask me for some money. So you're supposed to get all the divine will of God, and he didn't let his son do that without nothing. Jesus was born in Bethlehem, Jesus. He became Christ when he went to Calvary and rose again. You got to pay a price to become Christ. And you can be Christ-like if you pay a price, but you got to get the lenses straight to fit you. And once you walk out of here with your lens straight, you will see things you never seen. There's always been there, but you couldn't see it. Your blessing's there, but you can't see it. Your deliverance is there, but you can't see it. Your inspiration is there, but you can't see it. That's why when Bartimaeus was by the side of the road and said, I want to talk to Jesus, those that was around Jesus said, it's just a blind man begging. How you know he's a beggar? Because he was sitting there just asking for money. And when somebody told him Jesus of Nazareth was coming by, he had enough sense to interrupt the proceedings—that's part of the problem. A lot of us got—we—we we too proud. We don't want to interrupt nothing. But Bartimaeus started yelling and screaming like an activist. Jesus, Son of David, come see about me. The protocol officer said, "Wait a minute, shut up now, We got a schedule. He's on his way to Jerusalem in a few days. They're gonna do Palm Sunday." He ignored him. He said, "Jesus." Son of David, come see about me. They said, we told you now, blind man, go on now. He said, Jesus, Son of David. Why did he say Son of David? He said, I want you to know I'm not just gambling on something. I know who you are. So I'm going to give your title, Son of David. Your lineage goes all the way back a thousand years to David. And if you are the one they say you are, come see about me. And Jesus stopped because when you call them with the connection that you know that you connected to the ages, when you got this connection to the ages, to the lineage that prophetess Jordan talked about, you, can, you have to turn around and Jesus turned around and said, of what is it that you want from me? That's the second problem and I'll let you go. Most of us, when we get the attention of God, don't know what we want. I listen to folk pray. Lord, I'm glad. Thank you for another day. You blessed me. You touched me. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. What, help you do what? <laughs> he said, what is it that you want? The blind man said, all I want is to, to see my to receive my sight. And Jesus said, your faith has made you whole. And the blind man went off, healed, because he knew who Jesus was. He knew what he wanted, and he believed he could do it. If you don't know the lineage of prophecy, you're in the wrong place. If you don't know who Jesus is, you're in the wrong place. And if you don't believe that you can walk out of here different than you came in, you're in the wrong place. This is not a conference for losers. This ain't a conference for guesswork. This ain't a conference for folk to go to every conference and say, I'm going to try this now and see what happens. This is for those that said, i am got my connection. I'm in 2020, and I'm rooted and grounded, and my connection and my rooting going to bring me through whatever else happens. God didn't bring me this far for me not to be able to stand up and prophesy now while everybody else is lost. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Old folk used to say, if you got good religion, you ought to show some sign. When everybody else is crying, you ought to be able to smile. When everybody else is down, you should be able to get up. When everybody else is giving away, you should be able to hold your ground because you're connected, and you can see beyond what others can see. You can go out to the airport right now, it's cloudy, but if you just strap down and go through the clouds, there's sun on the other side. Strap down. Put your spiritual seatbelt on here, and just go through this cloudiness, because there's always sunshine on the other side. So that is why you're here, that is why, Drink in everything you can. You have some great people that can inspire you if you have your connection. You're not going to get better than Rosalind Jeffries. You're not going to get no better than Leah Dartrey. You're not going to get no better than all of them. And all of them come because we know a connection to what Prophet Jordan has done. And I want—I told her I want to kick off because I don't—I—I don't, I, I, I don't want to be embarrassed. To get up behind Lee, and y'all say he can't speak. <laughs> so I hope that you really take advantage of this, and really tune in and get your lenses straight. And then I want you to know that it is a—it is a powerful duo between he and our prophetess Deborah Jordan. You should be honored. You should be honored to be part of her birthday tomorrow. Because God gave us an example where the two of them built a ministry from nothing. And they built it and built it and took their tax from people, discounting them every organization he and she was in. They had to deal with envy and jealousy but that's a sign of a prophet because if everybody's on your side you ain't prophesying every time he would be part of something they would say oh they trying to take over what's that stuff and they ain't said nothing your presence intimidates losers if you have a connection just your presence makes insecure people nervous. You ain't got to open your mouth. Just walk in the room and they can feel you before they can see you. They say, somebody just walked in here. I just feel it. The atmosphere changes. The molecules start lining up differently. That's that connection. And you can have that too if you tune in and submit to what is already in you. You got the laptop, you just don't know the password. And you come to this conference to get the password. Otherwise, you would be sitting around like me, hoping your daughter come by so you can figure out how to get on Netflix. Thank you and God bless you. To keep in touch with Master Prophet E. Bernard Jordan, go to www.bishopjordan.com and follow him on all social media platforms. To get more information about the Prophecology Conference and or more special events, go to www.zoeministries.com or call 888-831-0434. Thank you and stay blessed.